Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Each week, I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, ordinary people just like you and me. Today is another episode in our Meet Our Staff Monday series. Once a month, we'll be taking the opportunity to introduce you to one of our staff members who will give you a peek behind the scenes at the work they do at Calvary and share their story of finding life in Christ. The fingerprints of our staff are all over the ministry of Calvary Church, and some you may recognize more than others. But whether their work is front and center or behind the scenes, our hope for this series is that you'll get to know our staff and hear stories of God at work that you may not have the opportunity to hear otherwise. Today, we're joined by Meg Eisman, who works on our Calvary Kids team and coordinates our Calvary 56 ministry, which serves our fifth and sixth graders. Meg is someone whose life is filled with fun and adventure, and that directly impacts the way that she shares the truth of the gospel with our students. Regardless of whether you have a child who is, was, or will be a part of Calvary Kids, I think that you're going to enjoy getting to know Meg and hearing her heart for sharing God's love with elementary students. I'm very excited to have you joining us today and for you to share a little bit about your story and your role at Calvary. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. So why don't you start and tell us a little bit about what you do at Calvary and what some of your day-to-day looks like. Okay, so I'm in charge of Calvary 56, which is the fifth and sixth grade Sunday school. And so for the last two and a half years, we've been working on a curriculum project where we're rewriting curriculum for the Bible teachers and for the small group leaders. It's been unfolding and being being taught as it rolls off the presses, really. Yeah. Um, it's exciting because we are creating um, an environment for kids to get together, to know each other, mm-hmm. to form friendships. Yeah. Um, and each time they're challenged. And whatever we do, we challenge the kids in some way, biblically, and it's exciting at our... At our fifth and sixth grade game nights, mm-hmm. um, we have a lot of summer programs, and in each one, they are given biblical truths that relate to something that we're doing that day or that night. It's exciting. Kids are really excited to be part of it. Yeah, that's really cool. And you have also led other activities as well. I know that you've taken like just girls on certain adventures. And um, I know you've had adventures for some of the sixth grade boys or fifth and sixth grade boys and things like that. So can you talk a little bit about some of those other activities that you do as well? Sure, sure. It's really exciting. So you mentioned girls activities and uh, there's one coming up shortly. Okay. We have the girls hike. Okay. uh, Where girls are challenged. I mean, it's a six or a six and a half mile hike. Wow. So it really is a challenge for them. And I think that students should be challenged where they know that there's more that they can do beyond what their brains are telling them. And so kids are um, hiking in the woods. We go to Governor Dick and 
it's it's just for girls. And there last year, we talked about praising God and how the rocks will cry out mm. if we're not doing our job of praising God. So we had that Bible lesson as we sat there wow. on the rocks eating our lunch. It was a great time. Yeah. And for the boys, they do a 14-mile bike hike. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it really is a challenge for them, wow. too. Some of the kids have never... Uh, experienced anything like that. Right. And and then they have an opportunity to swim in a pond at a farm. It's a great, great time for the boys as well. Yeah. And that comes out of your love for hiking and the outdoors. Am I correct in saying that? Well, yes, yeah, some of it does. Uh, yeah, I love the outdoors. It's my favorite place to be. The bike hike, though, that's been going on for a number of years. Really? One of our volunteers, Tim Hess, Okay, he has been doing that with boys for a number of years, and I thought, that's awesome, and let's add something for the girls. We have a number of other activities that we do during the summer and throughout the year, so that's just two things. Yeah. But um, there are other great activities that Calvary 56 participates in, and it's exciting. Kids really need it, and they love it. Yeah, definitely. What was it that piqued your interest in kids' ministry? I was a teacher. Okay. Okay, so for 10 years, I taught uh, elementary school. Okay. Fifth grade was my favorite age group that I ever Mm -hmm. taught. And so I knew that teaching was part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And even when I moved here and before I became part of Calvary Church staff, I was always interested in Bible teaching. And so okay. um, I taught another a number of age groups. And when the opportunity came up to take this position, I knew it was for me and that the Lord was leading me here to this. So talk a little bit about how you ended up here. You said before you moved here, before you were a part of Calvary, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure, sure. I grew up in New York on Long Island. Okay. And there was a time that my parents and my in-laws moved here. We had young children, three and five years old, two boys who are now 20 and 21. Wow. I can't believe how time has just flew by. Yeah. And we knew that we wanted our children to grow up near their grandparents. And so my husband made a change in his job. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. So he made a change and we moved here. Okay. And can you tell me a little bit also about your husband and your family? Sure. I've been married for 32 years to the love of my life, Steve. And we have two boys, Stephen and Matthew, like I said, 20 and 21 years old. Stephen is finishing his mechanical engineering degree. This summer he'll be done. Okay. And Matthew is a student at Lancaster Bible College, and he's doing a business and finance degree there. Wow. What's your favorite part about being a boy mom? Oh, it's so fun. (laughs) It's so fun because boys are active and they're messy and they're muddy sometimes. And I just love to be outside and to play. And boys are so full of energy. And that fills my need because I'm so full of energy as well. Yeah, I bet. And how did you and Steve meet? Well, that is an interesting story because we met when I was 14 and he was 15. Really? We did. Okay. And and I have to tell you that I liked him at that time when I was 14. Oh my goodness. That's really sweet. We met um, when I, we were both part of Youth for Christ Campus Life. It was really big on Long Island and uh, we were doing a service project. We were raking leaves 
And our two Campus Life clubs got together to do that job. I met him then, and uh, then I would see him occasionally. We went to different Campus Life clubs, so we didn't see each other on a regular basis, but we would see each other at big events like winter retreats or rallies, bike trips, Mm -hmm. and other events. And so every time I saw him, I, I thought, I like that boy. I like that boy. And so we finally started dating uh, when I finished high school. Okay. And I have to say on my very first first date, I knew that I would marry him. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So 32 years later, and we're still as happily married and just enjoying life together as we transition to soon being empty nest parents. Yeah. It's in our future. We can see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, praise the Lord for your relationship. That's really cool. You, you mentioned Youth for Christ. How did you come to know Jesus? And was Youth for Christ a part of that journey, or did that come sort of later on? Well, I came to know Jesus at a young age. Okay. But Youth for Christ played a huge role in my development and my growth as a Christian. Okay. I came to know the Lord when I was probably four or five at the time. My parents were uh, godly, and I grew up in the church. But Youth for Christ really played a, a big role in my development. Mm. It, it was much like a youth group. We met on Monday nights, and our leader really challenged us in our faith to live it out, mm. to live out what what. I was learning Mm. um, through his instruction, through my personal study in the Bible. It was a great experience for me, and I knew that that Christianity uh, was an exciting life to live. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord really blessed me with godly leaders and uh, and people challenging my faith to live it out. Wow! How has what you learned from your Youth for Christ leaders impacted the way that you now oversee the fifth and sixth grade ministry? Well, campus life and Youth for Christ was exciting. It was it was fun. Mm. And so I really am drawn to creating that kind of environment yeah. with our fifth and sixth graders. I realized that Christianity is not a boring lifestyle. It's not a boring, uh, you know, it's not a boring way to live. And uh, Youth for Christ was fun. Mm -hmm. Christianity was fun. Uh, There was a lot of laughs, a lot of giggles, a lot of um, exciting events. And so what I'm trying to do here in fifth and sixth grade is to recreate some of that, Mm -hmm. to provide events for kids so that they can develop friendships to challenge them on those events, to live out their faith, and just give kids an opportunity to become known here at Calvary and in Calvary 56. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking of um, one of your sixth graders was just baptized recently. So exciting. And she said, one of the things that has impacted me the most about Calvary kids is that they teach the Bible in a fun way. What do you think is important about fun? Why is it important to have fun? Well, one of the things that I I have said in the past is that Christianity needs to be 
entertaining, but not entertainment. Mm. In that students, they want to come if yeah. it's exciting. Right. And if they see that living a life for Christ is not a, a, a drudgery, mm-hmm. that it's it can be exciting, they'll want to come back. And so in our lessons, there are fun things happening. They're all important. They're with a purpose, but there are fun things happening. Oh, absolutely. It struck me recently that sometimes we can be very regimented when it comes to our faith and that sometimes we lose that fun aspect. But God gives us, I mean, one of the fruits of the spirit is joy. Absolutely. And so there, there is a purpose in that. And I just love that you're bringing that out with our kids and that they're getting to experience that at their age. And hopefully they'll be able to take that with them as well as they graduate from Calvary 56 and go on into middle school and high school and beyond. Yeah, yeah. So an important component we weave into all of our lessons are discipleship, transformation, learning about prayer and and lifestyle. Yeah. Um, So the fun is in there. It's woven in there as well. But but the other components of living a true, living out their faith, it's all in there. It's all purposeful in Calvary 56. You mentioned... Hiking and being outdoors. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about what some of your hobbies are and some of the things that you enjoy doing outside of your work in children's ministry? Sure. Sure. Anybody who knows me knows that my favorite place to be is outside. Yes. And so if you can get me on a trail, if you can get me on a bicycle, those are my happy places. And so I've always loved biking. Youth for Christ, actually put that in my heart. And um, as kids, we did these great bike trips, multi-state bike trips over, you know, 10 days or so. It hasn't left me. And so my husband and I love to bike together. Last year, we biked across Iowa for fun. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. When we were younger, we biked down the coast of the Pacific coast or most of the Pacific coast. So it's in us. We love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hiking. We mm-hmm. love that too. Backpacking. We haven't done so much backpacking lately, but okay. um, it's, it's just part of who we are. And this Saturday we are attempting to hike across Maryland in one day. It's a, it's a challenge. Um, we're, found a hiking club that will support us and probably a hundred other people in their hike across Maryland. So it's, it's something that it's 41 miles, actually. It's 41 miles in one day. I don't know if we're quite ready to do it, <laughs> but we're going to give it our best shot. Yes. I was so hoping you would talk about that because you were telling me about it a couple of weeks ago and it just blows my mind. Yeah. That, that, that is something that, that just people can just go and do. Cause it's so, it's so foreign to me personally. But when I look at that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is amazing to me that that, that is such an accomplishment that, that you're going to just attempt. And you were telling me a little bit about the training behind it as well. Can you talk about how you typically train for a hike like that? And then maybe what you've been doing to attempt to train for this one, since I know it kind of came up faster than you would have usually scheduled it. Right, right. So Basically, we have just been going out and walking. Okay. A lot, a lot of walking. We've been walking some on the Appalachian Trail here in Pennsylvania, which is very rocky. Um, Hopefully, Maryland is a little bit less rocky than that. So it's just really a lot of walking. Yeah. 
Yeah. So hopefully we can make it like, like you had mentioned, it came up a little faster than we were planning. We were planning to do this on our own. And then some of the logistics, we were trying to figure out how do we, how do we get a car from one place to another? What if we can't make it? How do we get off the trail? And so uh, I found a hiking group that is supporting it on May 7th. And so we're going to give it a shot. May 8th, I may not be able to walk. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, it's great that you have somebody supporting you. Because my biggest question is, when, when you attempt a hike like this, what happens when you get halfway through and you're like, I can't finish? Or which, I mean, what an accomplishment to do half of that as well. Or what happens when you get to the end? How do you get back to where you parked? And what are what do all those logistics look like for somebody that it's totally foreign to them like myself? Can you talk about some of that? Well, the beauty of this is that this hiking group is supporting us and that we'll just park our car in Harper's Ferry and they'll put us on a bus and take us to the start of the of the hike, which okay. is somewhere here on the Pennsylvania and Maryland border. And if we can't make it or if we've had enough, there's a support group that will drive us back to our car. So wow. I know that we could make it at least 26 miles. We've walked that distance before. Mm-hmm. We probably could make 30-something miles. So if we can't make it, we just hike out of the wilderness and uh, and they'll pick us up yeah. and drive us to the end. Yeah. I hope that doesn't have to happen. No, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I'm rooting for you to make it the whole way. What is the, do you have a sense of what the like miles per hour that you have to hike will be? Well, they told us that we need to maintain two and a half to three miles an hour, which okay. may not sound like a lot, but if the trail is rocky or if there's, it's mostly flat, but if we can't make that mileage, then they'll pull us off the trail and okay. say, sorry, we'll drive you to the end. Right. Well, because it's in one day, so you're kind of up against the daylight in a sense. Oh, no. We'll start in the dark and we'll end in the dark. But oh, wow. Yeah. But they their finish time is 8.30 p.m. So we'll start okay. about 5 p.m. We need to finish. five. I'm sorry. We'll start at 5.30 a.m. Okay. And we'll finish around 8.30 p.m. So you start at sunrise and end at sunset, essentially. <laughs> that yeah, is so yeah. cool. Yeah, so most people don't say it's so cool. Most people say, you're crazy. <laughs> I I think it's fascinating. So I am rooting for you the whole way, and I can't wait to hear how it goes. Okay, I'm rooting for us too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to take a minute to kind of transition into some fun, what I call rapid fire questions. So these are questions that I didn't prepare you for ahead of time. But I want to start with an easy one, and that is related to hiking. And that is, what's your favorite place that you've ever hiked? Oh, that's a great question. Um, one time... Steve and I hiked in Yosemite Park, Mm. and we were in our 20s, and we had never been to Yosemite before, and so this was before the internet, where information is at your fingertips, and so we walked into the park, and we were staying overnight, a couple of nights there, and we went to the ranger station, and we said, what's the most famous hike here? Like, we didn't know that it was Half Dome, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's this granite slab I mean it's in this it's in the shape of a dome wow and they said that's the most famous one it's a it's a long hike you know you need to be prepared we had no idea what we were getting into (laughs) and so we did this incredible hike and it was like hiking up 
a rounded surface. It was a dome. Wow. And hiking up was okay, but hiking down was scary. We had to, I thought if I slipped, this would be the end of me. Yeah. And uh, so we hiked down and I kept thinking, this is a measure of my intelligence. The higher I go, the lower my intelligence is. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we did it, but what a great memory and what an incredible view from the top. So yeah. I think that it's, it's the most memorable. Okay. Um, and it was really hard. So I like hard things. Yeah. Because in the end, you can look back and see all the rewards that you get from it. Yes. Yes. And the incredible beauty in God's creation. As we sat there, we thought, wow, most people can't get this view. Most people will never be here. Right. And just thinking, God made all of this. Mm. So it was, it's such a great, such a great memory. Yeah. One of the other things I was going to ask you, and this isn't this isn't such a fun question. It's a little bit more serious. But um, what have you learned about God through spending time in the outdoors? Well, what I would say is I just learned how creative God is. Mm, yes. And so I love to appreciate the beauty of the fauna, of the flora. And every time I look at something, I think it's so different from the last thing I've looked at. Yeah. And no two things are the same. Yeah. And I just try to understand the magnitude of God's creativity. And of course, it's impossible to truly understand that, to truly grasp that. Yeah. But our nature, our world is an example mm. of the creativity of God. Mm. Yes. Oh, I that that's amazing. Like how massive God's imagination must be absolutely and that we're made in the image of God and so we could exercise our imaginations to their extent and God's would still surpass it oh absolutely and you just see that in all the the differences in all of the animals and especially birds if you look at birds and how different they are and how beautiful they all are in different ways and and you think there's no way my brain can even grasp right the beauty Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Okay. So if you had the next 24 hours completely free and you could do absolutely anything with your time, no restrictions, what would you do? That's a great question. Well, certainly I'd spend it outside. Yes. (laughs) I figured you'd say that much. (laughs) Certainly I'd spend it outside. I'd spend it with my family because they're my favorite people to be with. And, um, I'd probably started out on my bicycle okay, and I'd head someplace and I'd end it with, I don't know, it would just, it would just all be activities outside. It yeah. would be hiking and biking and canoeing and things like that. Yeah. So spending time outside with the people you love the most. Yep. That sounds amazing. What was the last thing before this podcast that made you laugh? I love to laugh. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do other than being active. And so the last thing that made me laugh. So my husband makes me laugh. My Matthew, my son Matthew, he makes me laugh, but I can't think of exactly the last the last thing that happened. But I can tell you that I laugh freely, but I can't think specifically the last thing that made me laugh. That's okay. I love that you love to laugh. What are you most looking forward to since we're approaching summer about the summer? Summer is my favorite season 
And it's because summer becomes more carefree for everyone, mm, usually. Yes. When my kids were younger and in elementary school, they summer was just a carefree time. Yeah. So I just have that. In, I was also a teacher, so summer was a carefree right. time for yes. teachers as well. Yes. So what am I looking most forward to in summer? Mm-hmm. It's just wearing shorts and sandals (laughs) 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 it's just that being free in all things yes yeah yes I love that okay this is my last rapid fire question for you somebody on your team told me that you are quote a wizard in the kitchen unquote (laughs) what is your favorite thing to cook or bake I can't bake very well. Okay. Okay, so we're just going to cross that one right off the list. Perfect. Makes it easier. Okay, but I can cook. So one of my favorite things to make is what actually what my family likes the best. And um, Matthew loves when I make chicken franchise, and that's a chicken and a lemon and wine sauce. And so so that's one of my favorite things to make. It's something that my, ki- my family really loves to yeah. eat. That sounds delicious. And like a really great meal for the summer. (laughs) Uh, All right. So two final questions for you before we wrap up. The first one is, what is one thing that God is teaching you right now? So I'm, I'm, I'm working my way through Romans chapter by chapter. And when I came across Romans 13, 8, which says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. I, I just parked there for a while and I said, how in my life am I living this out? How am I on a daily basis paying that debt of love to mm. another to one another? And so I realized that it's a continuing debt. It's something that I need to pay every day. It's continuing. It's like never over. If we're really going to show to to live that out, it's something that we have to live every day. And so I realized that the only continuing debt that honors the Lord is loving others, and I needed to find ways to show it. And I heard somebody say this, that what you are determines what you see, and what you see determines what you do. Wow. And so I really wanted to make love what I did. And so just I'm praying in the morning, Lord, show me how to love, who to love, and how to live out that love. And what I realized is that love isn't always convenient. Mm. And love costs me something. Yep. And so if that is who I am, if Christ in me is, is, is living in me, then the love should flow out of that. And so I'm really looking for opportunities, and I'm looking for ways just to share God's love by living it out. Yeah. Can you say that quote one more time? Sure. What you are determines what you see, and what you see determines what you do. Wow. So if we see the end result of what I want to do is look more like love and to be more loving to others, it almost occurs to me that you have to think then backwards of, if I want to do that, then am I seeing love and Am I being love? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I started to think about the Good Samaritan mm. and that story. Yep. I want to live that story. I want to live that. And so when you think about what the Good Samaritan did, it wasn't convenient. Right. 
and that love costs the Good Samaritan something. Yeah. And so that's who I want to be. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Okay, my very last question for you is, how does your work here at Calvary Church in Calvary 56 help people to take their next steps as they pursue life in Christ? Our students in Calvary 56 are challenged each week to live out their faith. Mm. They're challenged to give their lives to Christ. They're challenged to, to grow. They're challenged to develop good habits of Bible study and prayer. So I think that the fact that I'm in a teaching role, mm-hmm. it just lends itself very easily to challenging students to live out their faith. Yes. Amen. And we see that every time we see one of your kiddos get baptized on a Sunday morning. It's a beautiful thing. It so is. (laughs) My heart was just bursting that one of our students was declaring her faith in Christ and her desire to, to follow Christ. I think to capture kids at such a young age Mm -hmm. for Christ, to see kids giving their lives to Christ and wanting to live that out and declare it in front of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful thing. It's why it's why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's why I'm here is because my desire is to see kids love Jesus and yes. live it out. Yes. Amen. Well, Meg, thank you for the work that you do in helping to shepherd kids and to partner with their parents and their families and I know that a lot of what you do is probably not seen, but I know that so many people appreciate it. So thank you for your work and your sacrifice and for sharing your story and your heart with us today and allowing us to get to know you and celebrate God's work in your life. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. It's so exciting to hear how God uses the ways that he's wired each of us to bring glory back to himself. Isn't it so cool how Meg has used her love for the outdoors to create fun and challenging environments for students to learn about God? It really challenges me to think about how God might want to use the ways that he's uniquely wired me as well. It's our desire as a church to continue to tell and hear stories that celebrate God's work. And we want to hear your story. If you have a story that you feel the Lord is prompting you to share, you can fill out our story form at calvarychurch.org slash share a story. We would love to celebrate the work that God is doing in and around you. Next Monday, we're looking forward to sharing with you what's coming this summer on the Pursuing Life podcast. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss that exciting announcement. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and have a great week.